Hello and welcome to the Silver King's War. I'm Michael Sievers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we continue in the King's post-war life through the trilogy of plays called The Silverfields of Northbrook. We are in the second play titled Wrigley Days, and this is scene two, titled Country Club Days. It's midsummer, 1957. During the Northbrook years, Michael and Cindy Silverfield enjoyed special summer days with the Bernsteins and Gordons at their respective social enclaves known as country clubs. These days were elaborate, fun, and learning adventures for two kids from a middle-class family. The Bernsteins, Leona, Lee, Richie, and Margie, live in Glencoe, a wealthy enclave east of Northbrook at Lake Michigan's edge. The distance between those suburbs was small, but the family gaps were large. Stanley Silverfield had worked for Lee Bernstein's company, Acme Paper Box Manufacturing, for almost a decade after World War II. Stanley had been a production engineer for Acme. The job was difficult as the family dynamic deteriorated due to Lee Bernstein's emotional history. Stanley stayed in the job, considered an essential industry by the federal government, to avoid a return to active Air Corps service for the Korean War. When the war ended, Stanley left Acme. The fracture and friction of those years lingered throughout the rest of everyone's lives. There were occasional warmings within those Cold War decades. The best of those warmings were for Cindy and Michael the annual summer days at Green Acres Country Club in Northbrook. Green Acres, west at 916 Dundee Road, was two miles from 605 Greg Road. The Gordons, Jane, Norman, Joni, Judy, and Jill, lived in a large, comfortable apartment on Stratford Place near Lake Michigan on Chicago's north side. Norman Gordon, Shirley Silverfield's older brother, married Jane Klonick and became an executive in her family's business, Klonick Steel. From the perspective of Greg Road, the Gordons lived well and shared their wealth with the Silverfield several times each year. During the summer, of course, those warm days for Michael and Cindy with the Gordons were trips to their country club, Bryn Mawr, in Lincolnwood, an easy drive north from the city. These country club days, Green Acres or Bryn Mawr, had similar structures. Each began with two excited kids, Michael and Cindy, waiting for car rides to each venue. Green Acres Day meant a brief, easy ride with Aunt Leona Bernstein, Stanley's sister, west on Dundee Road. Bryn Mawr, a longer ride, often meant a trip with Shirley, who sometimes joined the family later for dinner. Each day after an often awestruck arrival began with a poolside lunch. Then, after changing into swimwear, Michael and Cindy shared a full pool afternoon. 
The clubs were classics, and their pools were large but not intimidating. A swim break meant serious snacks. With swimming done, the kids hit the showers and dressed for dinner. Dinner, a buffet, often included all the Gordons and Silverfields at Bryn Mawr, but not at Green Acres. Then it was bingo night, and kids went home happy, tired, and holding prizes from a full country club day. Those country club days kept Michael and Cindy talking for days on end at Greg Road. They were grateful kids without envy. They knew that their lives were different from others. Their aunts, uncles, and cousins lived in a different world. The Silverfields got an occasional look into those worlds. For Michael and Cindy, what they saw reminded them of what it was like to walk up to a big department store like Marshall Field and gaze inside through the big, wide windows with all the special displays. The kids saw those things, but they never really had a chance to reach inside and call them their own. As the scene opens, Michael stands alone on the stage beneath a single light, and in the background, the set is all silhouette. It's poolside at a very large country club, and there's a family sitting at a table beneath an umbrella, enjoying a sumptuous lunch. Just before Michael begins his letter to the Stearns, the family turns to him and says hello. Michael waves and then turns again to face the audience and begins, Dear Aunt Lucille and Uncle Lester, Cindy and I just had a fun day with the Gordons at their country club, Bryn Mawr. Wow, it's an impressive place. I've never seen a larger pool. Everyone was nice. We were nervous as lunch began, but once the food arrived, nothing else mattered. We swam the afternoon away. It was nothing like day camp because no one was blowing whistles and telling us what to do. Cindy is such a great swimmer. She's a strong six-year-old. After swimming, we dressed for dinner in the plush locker rooms. This place is something. Uncle Norm, Mom, and Dad arrived for dinner, which was an amazing buffet. It was tough deciding what to eat. The sweet corn and apple pie with vanilla ice cream were the best. Have you ever been to Bryn Mawr? On the drive home last night, Dad said that Aunt Leona had called about our visit to Green Acres Country Club. It's close to us on Dundee Road. Cindy was sound asleep, so I'll tell her today. I miss you. Love, Michael. As the lights go down on this scene, Michael remains in place. And a few moments later, a single light comes up again as Michael reappears. His role now is one of a young historian, and he begins. The Bryn Mawr Country Club History In late 1919, Harry Goldstein and Associates purchased a tract of 139 acres on the northwest corner of Devon Avenue and Pulaski Road in what was then the village of Morton Grove, Illinois, 
for $166,800. It was originally planned for residential development, but a group of Northside families persuaded Goldstein that the land would be better used as a golf club. The property was purchased by this group at its original cost, and Bryn Mawr Country Club was created. An 18-hole championship golf course was designed by William Langford, and a rambling country-style frame building already on the property was converted into the first clubhouse. Goldstein became the club's first president in 1926. Construction began on a new English Tudor clubhouse that was completed in 1927. For decades, the club and its membership thrived, surviving in good times and bad, even through the Great Depression. During World War II, 124 members served in the armed forces, five of whom lost their lives. And following the war, second- and third-generation Bryn Mawr families joined the club. On February 11, 1986, the clubhouse was destroyed by fire. A temporary facility was erected while the clubhouse was rebuilt. In June 1987, Kelly and I were visiting the Midwest from Portland. Cindy had died in December of 1986, and our trip was to support the family and her children. And while in Rockford visiting my folks, Shirley, Kelly, and I drove to Bryn Mawr to celebrate Norman and Jane Gordon's 50th anniversary. Stanley, devastated by Cindy's death, wasn't ready to see the Gordons. Our Savior on that day was Aunt Phyllis Gordon. Phyllis was Shirley's older sister. And like the Silver King, she had served in Europe during the Second World War as a member of the American Red Cross. One year after the Gordons' party and celebration for their anniversary, Bryn Mawr's new clubhouse building opened to a grand celebration. And to this day, Bryn Mawr Country Club remains a busy and important refuge for citizens of Chicago's North Shore. Michael continues, In a Chicago Tribune May 5, 2018 story, a pair of longtime Chicago area developers purchased the former Green Acres Country Club in Northbrook and preparing to embark on discussions with potential users and village officials to determine the best use of the site. David Conweiler, a non-executive chairman of Colliers International, and Scott Goodman, founding principal of Farpoint Development, closed on the 125-acre parcel of mostly open space in April of 2018. The club, which opened in 1924, was closed in 2016 with a debt of $15.8 million dollars owed to J.P. Morgan Chase Bank. Along with 125 acres of golf course, the property includes a clubhouse, swimming pool, tennis courts, and paddleball courts. For now, Conweiler said he and Goodman intend to talk to potential users to try to develop interest in the property, and they will also reach out 
to the community to learn what uses will likely receive important support. Five years later, in 2023, the Northbrook Park District is in preliminary discussions with the developer and the village of Northbrook regarding what could be an exciting new open space and recreation opportunity for what was the former site of the Green Acres Country Club at 916 West Dundee Road. As the lights go down on this scene and we reach the end of Country Club days, the historical context of what became of the country clubs of the young days for Michael and Cindy Silverfield in Northbrook are obvious. Bryn Mawr Country Club remains a strong and resilient place for its members and the community. Green Acres closed in 2016 under millions of dollars of debt. In Bryn Mawr's success, we see the Gordons as a family that grew and prospered over the decades. And in the failure of Green Acres, we can acknowledge the treacherous terrain that consumed the Bernsteins over the many years of operation for the Acme Paper Box Manufacturing Company. And you are listening to The Silver King's War. <laughs> 